everyone, I am Sophia and you are listening to Blab and Jam, a podcast about creative professionals in the music industry. Today's guest is Tom Rees, the lead singer of Buzzard Buzzard Buzzard, who are a Welsh rock band based in Cardiff. Hello Tom, thanks for doing this, how are you? I'm very good, I'm very good, it's my pleasure, how are you? Good, thank you. Um, you know, just spending all day in my pyjamas, uh, listening to online lectures and binging Netflix, so I'm having a great time. Oh, that's very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd, I, I have like a, a weird question uh, to start off with. Yeah. Um, if you'd have to sell your band in two sentences, what would you say? Um, that's usually a pretty pretty hard one, but it's a, it's a good one at that. I think uh, every time I try to explain uh, my own band, it sort of gets like wrapped up in this kind of like uh, level of ego that is really hard to contain. But I think uh, I think more than anything, I think the thing that got me about starting the band was that it was kind of just like a more honest approach to songwriting. So I think more than anything, we're probably just like a bad. 70s we're like a we're like a band that should have been a 70s cover band but we're but we're, we're just about not a 70s cover band do you know what i mean uh so yeah we're kind of like yeah, it, yeah exactly it kind of like blurs the line between like is this a joke is like is this whole thing a joke or is this for real and that so i think i think that's us that's mm-hmm. that's plenty more than two sentences but uh you kind of you get the vibe yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. I just wanted to put you on the spot. Um, um, another deep one. Why have you decided to pursue a career in music? Uh, what was your like first moment? Yeah. Where you were like, oh, this is what I want to do. I say, uh, I guess, I mean, like, it kind of like that kind of idea kind of changes as you get older. But uh, it started, I guess, well, I guess when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I wanted, to, I wanted to be like a producer for ages. I wanted, like, I wasn't really like blown away by the allure of being in a band it just looked it kind of looked like hard work like every every person that you saw who was like in a band they were always like sweating their ass off somewhere on on a stage and like really trying yeah. really trying to make it work it looked like a lot of work like there was a lot going on behind the scenes and i just always enjoyed the idea of being so yeah. that person behind the scenes you know what i mean um but i think my dad took me to a few like uh, uh the hives shows like he took me to go see the hives a bunch of times Mm-hmm. And I think that's when it really sank in because I was like, oh, actually, that guy looks. But I was in, I wasn't a popular kid in school. And when I went to go and see the hives, I was like, wow, that guy's really popular. I want to be like him. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Yeah, that is. Go on. Yeah, so yeah, so it, yeah, it just it kind of ended up that way, really. I think that's what it was. But again, like, I think that kind of idea changes as you get older. I think like now it's kind of like um, pursuing a career in music is more of kind of like. It's, it's quite weird the kind of tense and the kind of like definition that you use for career um because you kind of find out that nobody really gets paid any money anyway so it's kind of just like sort of commit uh, committing yourself yeah. to a lost cause really but um <laughs> all for the music you know all for the music yeah i know it's uh it's quite interesting because a lot of people um who are musicians or like in the music industry uh in some way or the other mm-hmm. Um, have had like a bond with their dad who took them to a gig or they listened to music in the car or something because that's exactly what happened to me as well oh yeah very, uh, so yeah yeah i think that's it i think so long like, yeah i think it's like a i could because especially when you're at a show it's like watching a film right i think the, the one amazing thing about film that is not appreciated across like the kind of spectrum of like artistic uh, discussion or whatever is the fact that it's like it encapsulates all your senses apart from smell and taste but uh, who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. that'll come into it one day. But like, so going to a show, it kind of incorporates that thing. Do you know what I mean? There's like a, 
you can you can touch and feel stuff and you can there's like a physical experience happening um whereas if you're just listening yeah. to a cd in your car that kind of element of it is removed that sort of thing still can happen but uh i think yeah i think that's why people have such like i think it's a religious thing do you know what i mean i think that's why people have such a religious experience um it sort of makes sense as yeah. to why people started you know following jesus and stuff like that because he was probably just doing the same thing mm. he was probably just rocking it like the hives were you know <laughs> Yeah. So, do you think uh, you managed to be um, that popular? Like oh, right. <laughs> um, not, not, <laughs> not quite yet. Uh, hopefully, one day. But again, that whole idea changes as you get older. Do you know what I mean? I think, like, as as I got older, kind of, you, I think your expectations of what you want to do matched by the real world expectations of the real world reality of what is actually possible kind of meet in the middle. And so, at this point, I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy here. And if we're having an effect on some people and. Uh, helping some people out and that's really cool i'd happily plateau here for the next like 20 years <laughs> do you know what i mean I'd just hang out at this space so yeah so i think that's that I, I certainly feel popular enough at this moment in time which is very cool yeah um yeah i just had to ask it you know um so why have you chosen such a long band name because <laughs> I like it, but it is a mouthful. Like, you could have just said three buzzards or something. Why buzzard, buzzard, buzzard? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we were actually originally just, we were just called buzzard. Because uh, for some, well, originally, because for some reason I always wanted to be in a band called that. God knows why. Because, like, now looking back on it, after all these years, I mean, the name has taken on a new meaning, right? Because we've been in a band for so long. But, like, the idea of, like, calling it that is just seems so lame. But uh, we basically got into uh, <laughs> this kind of, like, faux legal dispute with another, with a Scottish band called Buzzard. And they uh, they were really unhappy about the fact that we were called the same thing as them. And there were a lot of label heads or people in professional positions who were like, you know, you want to change that because that's definitely going to be a problem in the future. Um, and I suppose they were right. So we, we changed it for very boring legal reasons to Buzzard, 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 because uh, we had... Our Instagram handle was already that. How depressingly millennial is that? Just like our fucking Instagram handle was already that. So we just decided to name our band after our Instagram handle. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's the that's the full story. But I, I I I get where you're coming from. I too regret it to this day. I think it's a, it's, it's it's long. People always get it wrong as well. Like on on like on Radio One, Radio Six, everywhere, Radio Two everyone keeps getting it wrong it's either too many buzzards it's not enough buzzards or one buzzard uh, it's just it's intense so i, I, so I understand <laughs> yeah i mean it's easier if you just say bbb and then you know yeah i kind of uh, like that. people know what you mean yeah and i like that written down as well i like seeing that which is always good and it, you know for that purpose like it really looks good on stuff because it's just like three words which is like super it's like very tidy uh but and i think it's really it's it's good as well like the, the label heads will love this it's very searchable you know because if you just if you do that it takes yeah. cuz previously if we just had buzzard then you just get loads of pictures of birds it's like uh yeah it's like all those bands that had those names just existed before the internet and it was fine like eagles existed before the internet which yeah. is fine but if you came out now and called your band eagles my god my god it'd be a nightmare mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. <laughs> You'd get a lot of David Attenborough videos. Up yeah, exactly. It'd be, it'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good name, actually, because it, it is uh, distinctive. Ah, just, thank you very much. Um, you've turned around. You've changed your mind. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't changed. I always thought this, but I just, um, because I started, 
you know, uh, doing podcasts, I realized that, oh God, this is, yeah. I've got to kind of like practice this before I'm going to say the intro and the yeah, outro yeah, for this yeah. episode, because it yeah. is a mouthful. I'm sure you do a fantastic <laughs> job. I'm sure. Thank you. <laughs> I'll try. Um, what have you been up to uh, in um, 2020? Were you more or less motivated as a songwriter in lockdown? Um, I, it was, yeah, it's weird with songwriting, but I think nothing really changed for me because I'm quite fortunate to be in the position where I kind of just write stuff and the guys kind of come in later. I imagine if you were in a band where you were all writing stuff together, it'd be really hard. But um, for me, I was mm -hmm. lucky. It didn't, not a lot changed for me. I usually have this kind of like six weekly process where I like, uh, not for not for lack of trying, but I like kind of take like six weeks off and then I'll do six weeks of writing and then take six weeks off. So every time I kind of get, into it after the six weeks i'm kind of used to like pushing through the barrier because like songwriting like anything uh it's like absolutely anything like practicing podcasting or whatever it's like it's like a muscle do you know what i mean you've got to get into this kind of like flow with it and the, mm -hmm. the real quality starts coming afterwards um after a while i so i've, I've had a lot of experience in just like taking six weeks off because i get bored of songwriting and it pisses me off and i don't want to do it anymore <laughs> and i start throwing my toys out the pram and then <laughs> and then sort of like exercising myself back into it so in lockdown it was kind of just like a different environment to exercise yourself into i think the same is true for a lot of other artists it was like once we were in the situation and once you'd worked out how to write and the conditions under which you were writing then it was uh it was all okay so yeah so i felt pretty good i got i got loads done and i'm getting loads done now which is a good feeling because uh, the the worst feeling in the world mm -hmm. is feeling like you've hit a brick wall so feeling very positive at the moment yeah for sure oh yeah that's very lucky yeah um it, it is quite interesting because uh, some people i i talked to um they were saying that they were a lot less motivated um yeah. because they couldn't actually meet people or um, yeah. experience anything so they weren't inspired right I see, uh, yeah. but that's yeah, but that's quite lucky that you weren't in that position. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've released quite a lot of things as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's also the kind of writing style. I think I, you're right there in, in the way that perhaps people uh, who draw a lot on their experience to write stuff uh, kind of were struggling because they weren't really going out and experiencing stuff. But I just like writing songs about denim. Do you know what I mean? So it's not really... Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like... I'm not like the Taylor Swift type who writes about all of their previous uh, relationships and stuff like that. It's just uh, strictly strictly items of clothing, so it's all pretty easy, you know. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's never too late to start. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, for sure. Yes. people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I gotta get my, I just got to get myself into some horrendous relationships first just to get the experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all for the music. All for the music, um, Yes. Um, so you've released uh, an EP called The Non-Stop EP. Correct. Um, how did you end up with this cover art and did it cause an uproar? <laughs> the cover art, thankfully it didn't um, uh, cause an uproar, which is good. It was based on a picture of Yves Saint Laurent that he, I'm probably butchering his name there, um, but it's it based <laughs> on a picture that he got taken of himself. Um, so again, much like the music, it was just a rip-off, really. <laughs> it was just, uh, we just sort of saw that picture and just thought that'd be really good. And we wanted to do that kind of like classic 70s iconography thing where it's kind of like all based, it's, you know, like all based around the personality. It's kind of like cult behaviour, do you know what I mean? So if you were going to have an image of Christ on your wall, you'd probably be hanging from the cross semi-naked, you know. So it's kind of like all based around that kind of thing. We wanted something, because the music on the record was so 
thrashy and intense. It was like, why don't we have something super classy on the front that kind of gives this idea? Because I'm, I'm really into, I think like a lot of bands who are doing perhaps the 70s revival thing uh, lack a bit of like modern day grounding or d- are, are scared of like uh, be like providing some antithesis to the, what, what the music is actually bringing. Do you know what I mean? And I think like the important thing to do is if you take drawing influence on like music that's come before you like 70s or 80s or whatever, I think you've got to have some grounding in the here and now. And so a, a lot of an easy way to do that for us is just to uh, do what, you know, whatever people are expecting from that particular thing is just sort of like bring uh, the opposite to it. So if the music on the record is super thrashy and super energetic, then let's give like a super calm and collected and classy cover, you know. Uh, so yeah, so that's, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was, that was the cover. And it was good fun to shoot. And it was good to be in that environment where people are praising your naked body. That's always a good thing. Uh, <laughs> so it's a good environment to be in. So, you know, it was very fun. It was very fun. Yeah, yeah, I bet I bet it must have been lovely. I hope that you know you didn't have any bad uh, experience with the photographers. Or no, anything. it was yeah, it was all surpri- um, it was all surprisingly chill. If not a little cold, it was it was it was very chill. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the non-stop EP, mm-hmm. why is it called that? Oh. Because it does stop after a while. Ah, uh, yeah, very good. Ah, uh, very good. Um, <laughs> it was a. Uh, we were just trying to come up with something, you know how I just basically just like spoke for ages about uh, providing antithesis to the whole seventies thing and like trying to ground it in the here and now. Uh, I'm going to sound like a massive hypocrite and that was all complete bollocks because we were just trying to come up with something that sounded really seventies and really like ACDC. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so <laughs> we, uh, I was just kind of like thinking of thing like uh, phrases and stuff that you usually describe to like full throttle and uh full lock and all these things i can't remember what the uh oh there was one really horrible one that it that it almost was called um oh man i can't remember but we, we basically we were playing uh stockholm city rock and it says non-stop to stockholm mm-hmm. city so i was like oh non-stop is pretty good vibe we just wanted to have something that articulated how energetic the record was and that sort of thing um but something really short mm-hmm. as well do you know what i mean um like there's that aerosmith record called like rocks like the, those 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 record yeah. names are like really cool i really vibe on that uh, but i can't remember what that mm-hmm. really gross one was it was like so like semi-sexual <laughs> it was disgusting it was really bad uh, so thank god it wasn't called that it was called non-stop instead but yeah, it was just, <laughs> yeah you thought we're gonna have a yeah. yeah sorry you thought you were gonna no, have on, like a on, classy on, cover and a disgusting title yeah exactly um, yeah that's that was that was the vibe <laughs> it was just like trying to make it sound classic but i think i came up with some pretty embarrassing uh contributions i think it was ed who actually settled on non-stop so good good guy ed good guy yeah thank thank you ed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um you've released a christmas single as well um and i'd like to talk about that a little bit because um, first, I was quite surprised that Buzzard would release a Christmas single. Yeah. And second of all, I listened to the lyrics yeah. and I went, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Um, so you took quite an obvious stand with regards to Christmas and religion and everything. Yeah. Um, were you always this opinionated in your lyrics? Um, I, I like to be. I think I, like, I made a change from... Um... When I was in like old indie bands, I was in like a couple of indie bands before and I was always kind of like writing songs to kind of like, it was kind of like that Taylor Swift thing, but with no experience. Like I was kind of writing songs about loves I'd never had and all this sort of thing. And it was kind of just all baseless and and, and really bad. And I kind of made a shift when I started listening to way more like Lennon and 
uh, like Father John Misty and those sorts of guys. When, when I and, and sort of realised that the most of the artists I like were speaking in their sort of conversational voice. So if you were having a conversation with them, they'd be sort of saying the same thing. And that was like really freeing to me, just the idea that you could just have an opinion and that would be the song. Um, and mm-hmm. I sort of like generally tend to always take the piss out of stuff anyway and just be pretty <laughs> sarcastic as a person. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's like, it's good to like, I think from, it really works for me. And I think it would work for a lot of other people if they made that shift as well to sort of just like being as honest as they can with their songwriting as opposed to being like, so I think everybody gets this idea that you've got to be ultra poetic, you know, and there's a, and there's a lot of like post-punk bands around at the moment who are being like super poetic, like Fontaine's and Shame and all these people. And it, and it can really have an effect to the point where you feel like you're not intellectual enough to be at a point where you could be that type of songwriter. When I think it's, it's just as useful and it's just as good just to write down uh, what you think about Christmas. And if it's you hate Christmas, then that's cool. And if it's that you love Christmas, then that's also cool. But as long as it's what you actually think, then I think that's that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, so I think I think I always have. I think like it's come more to the forefront in the latter songs. And Late Night City and Stockholm City Rock kind of have a bit of that. But it was never really, it was always kind of grounded in making sure it was serviced for the song. But on the later tracks, and uh, especially like Christmas is coming because that was kind of like a later track, uh, it was kind of good to get it all out. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, so yes, I would say yes. I have always been opinionated. In my <laughs> words, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think in a way, uh, for the people who um, follow you on on your socials and listen to your music, mm-hmm. um, your way of of um, communicating um, your thoughts yeah. is kind of in a way, the heart of Buzzard, 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 <laughs> um, isn't it? It's, um, you know, that that's why it was it, it was a cool feeling for me as well that uh, I was like, oh, they released a Christmas song. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That is interesting. And then I start listening to it. And then as soon as I <laughs> realize what, what it's all about, yeah, yeah. then I go, oh, okay, this actually makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. I am not. For sure. I'm yeah, shocked I think, I think that it's not like uh, yeah I think it's like it allows for like a, a conversation between that's the thing as well is that like the, if if you're opinionated enough in your lyrics and you make a stand and in 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 the like the kind of lyrical content of the songs and stuff the people people have a choice right at that point like ideologically to be like on board with the band or not on board with the band and so you the people who you do get who are along for the ride are really dedicated to the uh, to the to the elements of the band and so then every song that you release is kind of like a conversation with them, which I see, I feel is a really powerful thing. Like, especially like, um, like a father, John Misty fans are like a, a group of people in their own selves. Do you know what I mean? Cause they, they get, and that's the thing, that's the function of it is because they, um, identify so much with what, what the songs are saying and who the person is that it's like, it gets very culty, but in a really good way. Do you know what I mean? Nobody's asking you to drink the Kool-Aid. It's just, you can just come and just hang out at a show, you know? Uh, so I think that's, yeah. I think that's good. And I think that's where like Paul McCartney kind of loses me a little bit. His songs are really good, but it's kind of like, I don't really know what Paul thinks about politics. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what he, I don't know what he fit. Whereas the John Lennon thing is like, I, I feel like I know John, do you know what I mean? It's like, because he's, he's so, mm-hmm. so personable in the song. So I think it is a really functional part of songwriting for sure. Well, because he is your Jesus Christ. Of course, um, yeah, and I've studied the book. I've studied the big book, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was always um, more like in the poor camp, but yeah, yeah, you know, each 
each to their own of each to their own beetle of course yeah <laughs> but it, mine changes like every kind of six weeks as well i kind of have like a, a mccartney moment and then i come back home do you know what i mean and then i go back to the party but uh, rarely George. George happens like every three years. Ringo, I'm always a fan, so I'm always up for Ringo. <laughs> yeah, I um I like George a lot. Yeah, he's really cool. He's very good. Just out of curiosity, what was your favorite Christmas present last year? Then uh, and why? Um, I don't really get a lot of presents uh, because uh, I'm don't know, I'm just getting older now. But um, I. Uh, my girlfriend chipped in to get me a Nintendo Switch, which was very exciting because I haven't had a games console since I was like very young, and it was something I kind of denied myself for many many years because I felt like it was something only people who had, you know, like spare time did. And I was like, I don't have spare time. I'm busy all the time. I got stuff to do. I got work to do. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it was, but I kind of broke down that barrier, and I've, I'll tell you what, I've been the most relaxed I've ever been. Just play, you know, just playing a mindless game, which really takes your mind off things, which is really good, which is really fun. Uh, that and film seems to be the only thing. But uh, my dad got me a beautiful coat, which is very nice. It's like a raincoat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a hood on it, so it kind of makes me question whether it is like applicable as yeah, a raincoat. I... Um, but it looks good. I've been hunting for the perfect raincoat for ages and I can't find it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a quite yeah. fancy one. It's like a Ted Baker one, which is like, that's completely out of Ooh. my price range. Yeah, it's big time out of my price range. Um, but uh, so it's nice to have that sort of thing. Uh, but no hood, but it does look nice. I look like a classy, classy guy. I look like I'm attending many, many meetings, you know. <laughs> you could wear it with a bucket hat. Yes. Like a plastic one. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I could do the full, I could do the full Britpop thing pretty easily. Uh, with, with a bucket <laughs> hat, yeah, I could really embarrass myself. <laughs> yeah, and just cut yourself a bowl cut. Yeah, exactly. I'm not far off, so I could do it. It's you know, it's, it's only a small step away. I could do it for sure. Um, yes, and obviously now that we're on about hair, I've yeah. always wanted to ask you: Do you cut your fringe, or is it your girlfriend, <laughs> or what is the secret behind the fringe? Behind the fringe, <laughs> it is me. It is me. <laughs> I, I wish I wish it was something uh, worth an accolade but in fact it's just it's it's very very easy so i i've been cut my own fringe it's been very nice but my girlfriend does cut the rest of my hair when it needs cutting um so yeah so it's kind of like a combo it's a joint it's a joint effort um but i'm just yeah, i'm effort. just i fucking hate barbers man i swear to god like you just walk into a barber and they just know they know one haircut like like male barbers they just know one haircut they just, they just put the same haircut on everybody um, I remember there was like fucking six weeks where I just I looked like Noel Gallagher because there's just this fucking guy <laughs> just couldn't oh, it was awful. So I'd like to go to a salon one day, but it's obviously a lot of money, so I can just I can skimp out and I can save on it um, for now. For now, when yeah. I hit the big, when I hit the big time, uh, it'll be salon salon days forever. Every week a salon day. Every day. Every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> It is nice. It is lovely when they wash your hair, though. Yeah. It is nice. I've never experienced it. Yeah. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. I cut my own fringe as well now. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Getting back to your band um, and to just like close it all off. Yes. Are there any um, upcoming events or releases that we can look forward to? There, considering the circumstances, unfortunately, there are not any events. Well, actually, I, I don't know when this is going out, but tonight we're we're doing like a virtual show for Eurosonic Festival, but I'm assuming that it'll be coming out later. So I think for now 
we're playing some live stream for uh, a radio station in Alabama on the 22nd of this month. But again, you know, considering the circumstances, there's not a lot going on. I think we just had to cancel a bunch of shows, but all in the name of the greater good. Right. So that's that's fine. Um, we've got I think we're looking at releasing a couple more tunes uh, around March time again, like the, the situation, like trying to pull stuff together is really, really difficult. So uh, there's going to be a little bit of a delay, but we do have stuff coming out. We've been re- making a record that is almost finished. So it's almost ready to go. So everyone should be suitably excited. I'm sure. Yeah, we are Fantastic. excited. Can't wait Good. to hear I'm it all. <laughs> um, yeah. um, thank you very much for doing this. It was uh, great talking to you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've really made me laugh. Yeah, uh, and then hopefully I'll be able to um, have a, an interview again with you soon, Absolutely. and maybe not remotely then. Of course, it'll be in uh, it'll be in like five years time when we've both hit the big time, and you'll be uh, interviewing on like yeah. Sky News or something like that. And uh, I would have, <laughs> I would have done something bad, and I would have been coming on Sky News to apologise for it. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Looking forward to that. Looking then. forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have just heard Tom Reese from Buzzard Buzzard Buzzard. Please check out their socials under at Buzzard 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 on Instagram and their Facebook page as well. If you like retro-infused bops, make sure you listen to their songs which are available on all streaming platforms. Be warned, your dad will love them too. If you enjoy listening to interviews like this one, do not forget to subscribe to Lab and Jam. If you would like to see some interesting posts and pictures of the interviews and myself, please follow at Blab and Jam on Instagram and Facebook. If you have any queries or would like to be interviewed yourself, please send an email to media at blabandjam.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>